Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education, director of Go Teach Global, and author of the book, Men Alive. So Jim, here's your question to answer for our listeners today. What is this thing we call integrity? Wow, you have struck a current issue. I can think of a scenario from a community near where I live. You have a neighbor who serves in your community as a respected professional. People speak highly of him and his service to the various nonprofit boards volunteering to help multiple needs in the community. Publicly, this man appears to have it made, so to speak. He has a substantial income, a wife, children, a home, and an apparent stellar reputation. But the man in our story travels on business trips that require him away from his wife and family for periods of time. A rumor begins to circulate that Mr. Clean has been seen visiting gay bars when he travels. True or false, his wife asks. His response suggests it is just vicious rumors. Time passes. Then one day, police arrest our model man. The charge? Producing and distributing vivid, devastating pornography of children under six years old. The community reels in shock. How can a man have an impeccable public life as a professional, a private life as a member of the gay community, and a secret life as a child-abusing pornographic photographer? It boggles the mind, but it happens more than we can imagine. Many times, public, visible actions do not match private inner thoughts. As a young, newly married husband, I once met a man in southern USA. He worked for a Christian ministry. I was in the area, and he was asked to meet me. He kindly invited me to his home for dinner. That evening, I met his attractive wife and three preteen daughters. After dinner, we sat by his swimming pool, and he described to me how I could invest money and become wealthier like he was. On the surface, everything seemed fine. Years later, I had a trip to the eastern part of the USA. This man and his family had moved to the area, and as the Lord so arranged, we met again. He again graciously invited me to his home, and again I met his daughters. They had grown from pre-teens to attractive young ladies. End of story? Not yet. Years later, when the youngest of the three daughters turned 18, the three daughters went to the police and reported that their father had sexually assaulted them from an early age until they began their menstrual cycle. Then he would start abusing the second daughter and finally the third. They agreed not to go public until all were over age 18 and pleaded with the officials to help their sexually addicted father. Paul, we are looking at one of the most challenging words in a man's life. The word is integrity. Jim, I think I know where you're going with this one. Since we both believe that Jesus was our model of integrity, I was surprised to read in Scripture that even those opposed to Jesus respected him for his integrity. In Matthew 22, we learn that the Pharisees plotted together to trap Jesus into saying something for which he could be arrested. They sent to him their disciples along with supporters of Herod, very unlikely allies, and in verse 16 onward, it records the dialogue. Teacher, they said, we know that you are a man of integrity. 
and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, You hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. They brought him a denarius. And he asked them, Whose image is this, and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, So give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. When they heard this, they were amazed and went away. Even men with evil intentions know some of the aspects of integrity. They applauded Jesus, although probably as insincere flattery, for, one, being honest, two, teaching the truth of God, three, being impartial and not playing favorites, four, not being swayed by what other people thought and said, and finally, not paying attention to the status of other people, especially those at levels above him when he spoke God's truth. The trap was if he answered no, he could be arrested for rebellion against Rome. If he answered yes, he could be accused of supporting Roman oppression, losing favor with the people. The poll tax had to be paid using the denarius coin, which bore the picture and title of Caesar. Jesus revealed his integrity by answering their question with a question, Whose image is this? Then he concluded, Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and give to God what belongs to God. Jesus outwitted his opponents by affirming the honor due to Caesar, while clearly differentiating it from the supreme honor and allegiance due to God. Loyalty to God does not necessarily entail disloyalty to the governing authorities. Jesus was acknowledging two dominions, Caesar's and God's, the latter having priority. Their trap collapsed and they went away amazed as he upheld the very description of integrity that they had made about him. This is a good time to remind you this is Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham. We'd like you to have one of our favorite booklets titled, Live the Jesus Way. Request your PDF copy by emailing drjim at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Request your copy today. Jim, my understanding is that the word integrity comes from the same English root as integrate and integral, meaning oneness. That's right. Integrity means the intents or attitudes of the heart match the thoughts of our mind, which equal the words of our mouth and the actions of our lifestyle. In simple terms, it means that what you see in a person and what you hear from that person match what that person is thinking and believing. When all four areas are integrated, that is called integrity. Hebrews 4.12 states, The word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. The word of God judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart, but we have the discipline to control our wills to take every thought captive, as it says in Scripture. Solomon said, Guard your heart or mind, for out of it are the issues of life. Ideas begin in the mind. 
I wonder what would happen if, or what would she think if. This is where integrity begins, in the mind. It begins with our thoughts. Proverbs 23.7 in the King James Version says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Our thoughts are known to God, but often not expressed to anyone else. A man's thoughts are unknown until expressed in words, by speech, or by writing. But our thoughts are reflected by our attitude. One author said, We cannot control 90% of what happens to us in our lifetime, but we can control the 10% of how we respond to what happens in our life. Attitude is crucial. Our face can show our attitudes and what we are thinking faster than we imagine. Others may perceive our attitude or idea or thought through nonverbal communication. Scripture says the eyes are the light of the body. If the eyes are full of light, the body is full of light. But if the eyes are full of darkness, the body is full of darkness. We as men often show our attitudes or character without speaking words. Many men do not realize their character is revealed by their eyes, body language, and countenance long before they ever speak words. Next comes our word followed by our action. Men often express their thoughts in writing or words before they do what they are thinking. So, my brothers, if our words and our actions match, they will engender trust. Our yes means yes, and our no means no. We become a model to others of integrity. Now comes the bonus. When our words and our actions match Scripture, we are then becoming conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul told Timothy, You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. When our actions and words match what we are thinking, that is what is called biblical integrity. When all four areas overlap, attitude, thought, word, action, then our life becomes integrated and transformed by Scripture. That gives us what Colossians 3.23 calls a passion for life. We are ready to, quote, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. We recognize that our passion for life generates daily habits that help generate success in what we do. We will evidence, as Hebrews says, ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Habits based on a biblical worldview cause us to live our life under the impulse, direction, guidance of the Holy Spirit in obedience to biblical principles. This integration is called integrity. When Daniel was taken captive to Babylon, he was given a new name and trained in the ways of the Babylonians. Rather than abandoning his heritage as a follower of Yahweh, Scripture says Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Daniel gave evidence to the king's servant that he remained healthy on his own diet. So Daniel maintained his integrity even in another culture and a hostile environment. By God's grace and by our choice, regardless of what people do around us, we can gain and maintain our integrity. Amen? The man with the greatest integrity is the one who has four primary elements. Intent matches thought, matches word, equals action. 
The world's best example was Jesus Christ. Scripture identifies four character qualities of Jesus of Nazareth. He was gentle and humble, full of grace and full of truth. When we pattern our lives after his model, we become conformed to the image or likeness of Jesus Christ, gentle and humble, full of grace, full of truth. We become men of integrity. There you have it, men. We become alive unto God as men of integrity when we receive Christ and as we follow him, our intents, thoughts, words, and actions become conformed to the character of Jesus Christ. Don't forget to request your copy of Live the Jesus Way. Request a PDF by emailing Dr. Jim at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. Visit our website for more information and more program topics at goteachglobal.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks, along with your teacher, Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to be men alive, transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm.